0: keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK
3: from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Good, then I'm closing GarageBand. Don't save...
0: And welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith With. It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thanks, as always, for making your way here, checking out the uh, series, this episode. Uh, I do hope you hit the subscribe button so you can keep up with all the interviews that we put out every single week. A new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to keep you up to date on your favorite artists, discover some new ones, know what's happening in the music world, At all the usual spots like iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions, or again, anywhere you get your podcasts from. I'm Kyle Mayer. Today, I get to talk with Amy Mann, one of my all-time favorite uh, singer-songwriters. Got a new record called Queens of the Summer Hotel. It's an album that serves as the musical accompaniment to an upcoming stage adaptation of Girl Interrupted. Uh, We get to discuss the, well, the heavy subject matter, her own experiences with depression and mental health, uh, dissociation, spending time in a treatment center, and how it all relates to the characters and lyrics within the songs. Now, Amy is also going to tell us about the freeing nature of writing stage music, uh, directing the music towards the Burt Bacharach period of the late 60s, and duetting on Badfinger's Name of the Game on Susanna Hoff's new album, which we talked about uh, with Susanna in a uh, recent previous episode. So let's do this on the subject of Queens of the Summer Hotel. It's Kyle Meredith with Amy Mann. Hello. I was just thinking it's been since 2012 since you and I last did an interview, so... um my life is better today because uh, you have new music and I get to talk with you once again. <laughs> Thank
3: you. It yeah. seems like yesterday.
0: Doesn't it? Right. Yeah. Um, it, funny enough, though, uh, I will point out real quick, though, I was talking with uh, Susanna Hoffs just last week for an interview, and it was like a love fest of how much we both love your art and music. So uh, oh,
3: you that's know, just- extremely nice. You know, Susanna is the nicest person in show business.
0: Yeah, okay. And for those of you who haven't uh, heard it yet, uh, you did a duet on her new record, a cover's record, with a, a cover of uh, Name of the Game, and it, yeah. it really is fantastic.
3: It's the greatest song. Yeah, it's my favorite Bad Finger song. And, you know, I mean, I like it because, of course, it's incredibly sad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> not a lot of people know it. Like, it's not one of the obvious ones, too.
3: Yeah, I think it was, I mean, I remember hearing it on the radio at the time, so, you know, it it got out there a little bit, but, you know, it wasn't as big as, like, Baby Blue.
0: Anyway, you all do fantastic job of that one. Uh, no surprise, and and I'll bring it back around, because uh, you've got this new record, and, you know, you made the, the the joke comment there about, you know, liking it because it's sad, and I think that's sort of part of what we're talking about, too, because you have what is, um a heavy record. I don't really want to call it a sad record, but it is a heavy record. But what you've done with it, it's just gorgeous, and even at times fun to listen to. Uh, does that you. sound like an okay compliment? Yeah,
3: no, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I think that there's nothing I, for me as a listener. It's to listen to that so- something that is sad, but feels like that it's real to the writer, and that it's accurate is like that's very uplifting. I don't, I don't feel. It, it doesn't bring me down. I mean, bad music or b- badly written song br- brings me down more than that does.
0: So let's get the story on this because this isn't just a normal album. This is this is connected to something else. And I wonder if you would uh, give us the story there of, of where this album came from. How did it start?
3: I was approached, I mean, probably four or five years ago, I was approached to write music for a stage presentation of Girl Interrupted, like based on the book, not the movie. I, I think they they bought the rights to the book and they particularly, um, one of the producers really had a, a very personal relationship with the book. And so um, they had a, a writer and a director and they wanted to get this team together to, to figure out a stage presentation. And and so I got the book and just immediately, I mean, obviously this is really up my alley, right? But uh, almost more than usual, I think because it was so interesting to me to have a project that kind of like, yes, it was in my wheelhouse. I mean, obviously my last record was called Mental Illness. So like that, you know, is a topic that is of interest to me, but, but that, uh, to write from material that comes from somewhere else is a, is a really interesting, you know, it's like a fun puzzle. Like you do put a lot of yourself into it, but at the same time, to try to be, you know, to try to put yourself into the mindset of the character, um, you know, a lot of which is the the narrator, the woman who wrote it, Susanna Kaysen, uh, you know, to think like, well, what could, you know, when she's saying this, the, you know, this bit of narrative what, what else could I bring to that? Like what, you know, or how could I, what is the music bed that that suggests? Like all that kind of, all those questions are very, it's very interesting to me. And it's a real, like, it's a real fun puzzle. Um, So I just started writing like a madman Um, and, you know, kind of outstripped, like, I don't, I'm actually not even sure if there's a finished script, so I'm not sure what, you know if they want to make it a musical or just to play with music like pro- which i th- probably the latter it seems to be leaning um but i have no idea so it's just like here's a bunch of music you know do whatever you want to with it
0: it's interesting especially the puzzle it sounds like it's even more of a puzzle especially to, to if it's not finished <laughs> to put it together in, yeah. in the end but for you like you've you've written you know been on soundtracks uh plenty of times before in the past but how different in the way you would write a pop song uh, i'll use broadly uh, is it then how you would write these because even a song like uh like checks which does get a reprise but even then i think you put them together and it's still under a minute and a half like there, i don't i don't know is there that itch like is this song done because it can just finish right
3: yeah i and i like that you know there's some of them are very short and you know and that's because you can flesh that out on stage, you can flesh that out with, with, you know, instrumental passages that have movement, or, you know, obviously, if other things need to happen, if somebody else needs to sing, or needs to sing something else, you know, you can, you can add to it. But, um, you know, sometimes I would write it go, that's all this character had to say at this, you know, like in in this particular sitting. Mm -hmm. And, um, and there, like, that is very liberating. I think, I think, harmonically, I felt like I could try different things than I would usually. I wrote on piano, which I don't usually do. So, um, you know, there's a lot. Harmonically, it's just, it's more, it's more, um, you know, they're more sort of seventh chords and ninth chords and that kind of thing. Um, Because, you know, mostly because I can't play, I can't play that on a guitar, like, because I'm not a very good guitar player. Um, So, you know, and also if I, if I felt like, well right here it just wants to stop and have like a totally different tempo change and like that's not the kind of thing you do in a pop song either so it was very liberating like i could just do whatever i want you know and also the idea that somebody else would sing it so i I didn't feel like i necessarily had to write for my voice oops like you know then then when i finished you know had a number of songs i was like oh i kind of want to make a record out of this so i sort of uh you know, screwed myself over in that regard. Like, there's some things are like, oh, this is way higher than I thought I would ever sing.
0: Since the, the book, if I remember, uh, or at least the movie does uh, at least take place in the 60s, right? So, I mean, yeah. it, how it's much 1968, did... 1968, yeah. Right. How much did the era then uh, also sort of direct musically as you're talking, like, you're talking about, like, those minor notes and everything, but, like, uh, I, I was trying to remember what song and I know I wrote, oh, uh, I See You like the mood of that is so perfect to me in that era. Like how much of that era directed how you wrote the music?
3: It did, you know, I'm not super great at writing, you know, like I I can't necessarily replicate Another era, but but I can think about it and listen to that mu- music from that time. I wanted it to sound like 1968, but not really rock music, like not rock, not Woodstocky, um, more sort of that Burt Bacharach, uh, Jimmy Webb, like that, you know, that era, that and Sinatra, that, that was also going on, you know. So there's kind of like a bossa nova, you know, it's there's there's more. Um, you know what I grew up with, which we called more easy easy listening. But but uh, you know that the swing um, waltz is very is very backracky, and you know as filtered through me because I'm no bird backrack. But but that was you know that's the kind of thing I was shooting for.
0: I feel like you're pretty close to uh, uh, the Sarah's Burt Bacharach in a lot of ways, but uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, you, seriously, and the compliments on that, like you really did nail that feeling because that's instantly the mood. I mean, his name of course is the one that always comes top of mind when you're talking about that music, but it instantly did come top of mind. So, so just the easy compliments right there.
3: Oh, thank you so much. That really, that means a lot to me. I, I really appreciate it. I mean, you know, I, I try. <laughs>
0: So you you mentioned this a minute ago. Uh, obviously, your last record did deal with similar themes on mental illness, and and as you said, you know there are parts of you, you know that find its way in. But was there ever that dividing line, like that's too much of me? It needs to be more the character.
3: No, because I always started with the character, um, or you know the character or the situation, and you know sometimes like the song "Suicide Is Murder," I wanted to put more of me in because. In the, it, it does come from a, a narrative in the book, and and where she is talking about her own suicide attempt and what she felt like her mindset had to be in order to attempt suicide, and and it it was a little like there's a little bit of almost like I'm kind of tongue in cheek, you know. Here's what you got to do, like a how to. And then I just as I was writing, I've like became uncomfortable with that because I do, you know. I mean, I've known people who have committed suicide and it's just so terrible like to you know to be to, to know people and you know I mean just always blame yourself and like even if you don't know somebody that that well you always blame yourself on some level and it really does leave such a trail of devastation so uh, you know so I kind of wanted to put more of myself in that song.
0: That's um first off we've loved playing a WFPK like heavy rotation for a song like that you don't usually get the opportunity to do
3: (laughs) heavy is (laughs) emphasis
0: (laughs) we do um uh these mental health wednesdays where it's an all request day on on wednesdays at uh wfpk and it's it's sort of uh, you know to give people hope especially that have had to deal with you know just whatever the situation might be uh when we talk about mental health but a song like that we don't usually get something so direct and I think yeah. it is very helpful when you're writing that. And and there was a review, and, and I apologize, I don't remember who it was, but but they said it's it's almost like you had to uh, to separate yourself, like you like as the way you sing it, like there's distance from uh-huh. being too emotionally invested or whoever that is talking, I should say. Like, and I think you were getting at that, but but as you're writing that, like, do, is there? Do you have to have that distance in order to write it in that way?
3: I think that's probably easier to have that distance if you start, if you're starting with a book or you're starting with an idea about what a character to, could be. I mean, not every song kind of comes directly from the, from the book, but, uh, but most of them. Um, and and so, so it's easier. I mean, and it's funny because you, you know, I, I definitely have moments where I'm writing something thinking it's about somebody else, you know, because it's, it is about somebody else. And then suddenly realize like, oh, this is, you know, exactly a thing I went through. Um, so, I mean, it is strange to have that experience, but the singing of it, I, my idea, you know, my sort of concept of, of a singer versus a song is that the, you know, that I'm telling the story and I want you to listen to the story. I don't want to be selling you the story and telling you how to feel about it by being really emotional. Um, you know, or showboaty, because I feel like that gets in the way. And, I, you know, I just like, want, I want you to listen to the song. That's, mo- that's mostly, you know, because that's, I don't know, that's what I really like is, is I'm really into songwriting. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the singer is just kind of the messenger.
0: Well, I don't know many people that could make the words uh, premeditated rehearsed tragedy catchy. <laughs> 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 what Thank a line. You. That's so funny. Yeah. And, and, and I, I don't know if you if you can spit like, do you remember like when that happened specifically like that line because i get really caught on that one every time the song comes on well that
3: is from the that is from the book i mean i can't i think you know and suicide is murder is also from the book it's just that you know when i read that i was like i got i have to put that i have to put that to music like I, you know obviously and i have to make that the premeditated like i have to make that work somehow i have to figure out how to make that work so, you know, yeah, I can't t- take total credit, but like it definitely did did not. There is something that's very fun in figuring out how to make something that does not sound at all like it should be in a song to work in a song.
0: It's again just that little bounce just does everything for it, you know. this <laughs> is what it does. Disassociation mm-hmm. is something that I just started learning about actually as as the as the phrase and everything. Uh, what role does that play in the narrative? Uh, Cause I also feel like we're talking a little bit about that when, you know, when we were in suicide is murder.
3: Yeah, I, there's an episode that happens in the book where, where Susanna Kaysen ha, has this really severe episode of like depersonalization or, or dissociation and, uh, something that I've experienced. So, you know, so there's definitely stuff that, that has for this that has come from my own experience. Um, about 20 years ago, I, I spent some time in a treatment center because, you know, I mean, PTSD was my diagnosis but it was really like an old-timey nervous breakdown, sort of. Um, and, and so uh, dissociation was definitely a part of that. So I 100% understood what that, you know, what that felt like and what that, uh, you know, what that dynamic is like
0: a, a lot of artists use that whole line um i don't mean to paint that light negatively they use the line that uh, songwriting is like therapy and, and I, i've been curious like for you do you see this the songwriting actually help you with any of this or is it more of a time stamp
3: i think that it's helpful to really describe what's going on because there is like i've actually read this that there's that when you when you tell the truth about something, that there is like, like, you know, you get sort of, I don't know, endorphins, that's not the word, or dopamine. I'm not sure what, you know, like, but there is sort of like a chemical reaction that happens in your brain that makes you feel better. And I think that's what it is for me, that there's, that songwriting is about describing and describing sometimes a very complicated mindset or state of mind or feeling set And, and the music is part of the description, right? Like, when you have a piece of music, and you're like, oh, that sounds like this thing that is happening to me, or this thing that I feel. And, and so it's very satisfying in that way. It's just to just to put a Put a name, it well, not even a name sometimes, but like you put an analog to it. And then you have this analog, and you're like, oh, that's how I feel. This song is how I feel. It sort of sums it up, even if it's not describing what happened to you necessarily. There's something about it that's an analog for what's going on. And that is really, really satisfying. And and also just the just the act of doing it, I think now more than it used to be, because it is. I don't know. It's it's easier for me, so it's easier for me to slip into it. So it's so I feel like it's more it's more fun, you know. Like it's more fun to do the crossword puzzle when there's a chance that you can finish it. <laughs> like it's not that fun when you're like, I got three clues. Great. Um, so I think just the puzzle of it and the doing of the puzzle is like very exciting.
0: Well, and, and I, I would imagine too, the opportunity to help someone. I mean, you, you know, the way people say this this song saved my life like when you're having songs like this it really seems like you have a a real great chance of connecting with someone as well
3: I would I hope so but you never know and you you kind of have to let go of the result you know and just just put yourself out there and and you know how it hits people is it it, you can't really control it um you know I mean as, as in everything you know you can't control you know, you send somebody an email, you have the best of intentions, they're somehow offended by it. Like, I, you know, you can't really control it. You just have to, you know, sometimes you just have to hit send and hope for the best.
0: Uh, the album ends on, uh, on You're Lost and I See You. As an album, where are we left?
3: this, The last song is, I mean, this is my idea. I don't know if this is going to happen in the actual stage production. But my idea was that the cast would sort of turn to the audience and and talk about you know, sort of witness the people that are definitely somewhere in the audience who are struggling with these things and naming these things and saying, "I, you know, I get it. I see it. And I know what that's like.
0: Uh, Is there going to be opportunity for you eventually when this all happens and gets completed to to be on the stage with these folks playing this live?
3: I don't think that's how it's going to go down. Like, uh, but I, you know, I don't know who knows. It's a you never know what happens. Uh, things can take unexpected twists and turns. That would be very fun actually to do. And I thought about having a stage version where I talk about the record and, you know, sort of read, you know, read passages from the book. But, I, you know, I don't know. And that I also don't want to tread on the, you know, the producer's toes, like, you know, when they have their own thing going on. So... Who knows? It could happen. I hope so.
0: Well, I, either way, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how you do represent uh, some of these songs live. I'm assuming they make them into your live show. Yeah, yeah, um, we've
3: already played them live. It, yeah, they sound great.
0: Yeah, I want to hear that. So especially if you drop in those little like checks or something like that, like it just seems like a it seems like a weird little moment in a, in a, in a normal concert. I, I think Yeah, uh-
3: <laughs> that's funny. I We don't. But. That's a good idea. I that would be, it's an interesting idea. I like the idea of just these little interstitial moments.
0: Well, uh, all of my compliments on this, uh, again, uh, Queens of the Summer Hotel, it's such an interesting, different kind of of piece, uh, you know, to, to jump into. And I know it, you know, it's is not the typical album, but, um, you know, listening to it top to bottom isn't any different. So uh, I do love it. Thank you. Thank
3: you so much. I really appreciate it.
0: And uh, hopefully it won't be another 10 years before we do this again, Amy. Thank you so much for taking the time.
3: My pleasure. Take care. Hi.
0: As we mentioned in the interview, the last time Amy and I uh, really got to talk music was back in 2012 uh, when she just released her LP Charmer. Thought I'd uh, also include that interview here. Take a little trip back in time, nearly a decade. It's part two of Kyle Meredith with Amy Mann. Really, really did enjoy the uh, the new video to Charmer, too. Oh, thank you. So, so you've got this whole robot thing going on. At this point, in, in the theme of the video, and it fits the theme of the song with, with Charmer and everything, but is it a hassle to go out? Is it a hassle? Because you have been doing this now for, for a few decades. You know, yes. so, so you definitely know the route. You know yeah. the game. And it's just like, you know, every two years or whatever it is, you know, here you're back on the trail. So it almost seems like, you know, Bob Dylan can't get off tour. He just can't. He can't sit still. It's yeah, an, you know, he's the-
3: addicted to it. It's it's different for me, for sure. Um, I think that, uh, I think at this point, you know, it, uh, over time, I, you just have to figure out what works for you and what doesn't work for you. Um, you know, when I was part of the sort of major label system they're you know i mean obviously they just want you to get out and fog the record as long as possible Mm -hmm. with no interruptions and do every single thing that comes down the pike and and i finally start you know like when i i started my own label and and got off that system and realized i could you know i could tour in a a way that made sense sense for me and i i like to you know i i kind of need a break after three weeks because tour tour time doesn't feel like like real time you know a week feels like a month it's Mm -hmm you know because you're essentially working around the clock you know the it's not it's not just playing playing for one hour it's all the you know it's all the stuff that goes up to it the travel you know enormous amounts of traveling obviously and and um you know disruptions and and uh and it can be an adjustment for for some people you know i'm i'm a more of a, you know a little more of a hot house flower than than other musicians so you know so i i just have to be careful right so I, you know, I I know how to to structure a tour, and um, in in a way that that makes it as workable as possible, and and I think you know not having the pressure of a label constantly, uh, you know, pressuring you to do stuff is is um, is very helpful, right? And you know, I mean, I tell my manager like, look, you can't do everything. I mean, there's you know some stuff it, it's great to you're in town there's press to do you can go to a radio station and play but you know if you're playing a show I mean you gotta go you gotta pick your job you know I mean you can't do sure you can't do like uh, you know three different jobs in a day because because they're going to suffer
0: Uh, and you've talked about acting and what you have to take on to be in a movie uh, or a TV show or whatever it is but there is that other persona which also gets hits hit uh, it's also hit on in this video but uh, the other persona yeah. of being on stage of being Amy Mann the musician the public figure how different is it
3: well it's not super different but when you know people are looking at you in a and regarding you in a certain way it it definitely affects you I mean it's a little it's a little strange and then you do start to feel that that you, you know, (laughs) as Joe Henry said, like, you don't, you know, want to walk past that and set fire to it in Mm -hmm. in some way. So, uh, you know, and that does put you in a kind of a strange mindset to then sort of worry about how you were coming across, you know, like if... If you're leaving, you know, after a show and you're leaving the building and you're super tired, but there are people who want to, you know, stay and talk to you and have stuff signed. And, you know, like you don't want to come across in a certain way. But, you know, so it. I mean, even that sort of very small, you know, small example, uh, you know, you don't want people to think badly of you. or You don't want people to feel bad. You don't want to hurt people's feelings. But at the same time, you might be like, I, I'm exhausted. And if I don't get to bed, I, I... I don't I don't know if I'm going to be able to play the show the next day. Right. So uh you know it's weird to weigh weigh these things just in you know
0: it's an odd life. It really it's, it's it a is. very different life. It is. It's Plumbers a don't weird. have this life.
3: It's weird and it's <laughs> and it's easy to get caught up in you know once you realize people regard you in a certain way then you feel like you do have to develop a bit of a persona just just to have as an inner, you know, just to protect your privacy, really. Mm. I mean, to protect, you know, protect yourself. Um, But then it's a short walk to being a big, you know, like being a big constructed personality that's a huge phony. So, you know, you don't want to go there. So you do walk a very weird line sometimes.
0: Yeah. Uh, At this point, you've done a few records that are themed uh more mm-hmm. more or less is, is that something you you actually look for now do you have to theme a record to make a record are you able just to sit down and suddenly you've said oh my I've I've written 12 songs I might as well record these and make an album
3: it's you know i i i think i wouldn't mind having having themed records because i i for me having a, a structure is almost more creatively freeing than Hey, here's your blank page. Do whatever you want. Um, I, I, in the case of this record, it's just that I happen to sort of be thinking about the same thing, and it and it would crop up in different ways. Yeah. And not every song is, you know, I mean, it's the record's called "Charmer," and you know, it, it, there are def, a, a lot of several songs that kind of explore the idea of charm and charming people and and narcissism, and you know, kind of what that means and how I interact with people I know who are like that. Um, but uh, you know not every song is is about that, so it's, it's semi theme yeah. uh, and
0: the other thing just seeing you uh, you know album by album by album um throughout everything is that you haven't fallen to you know in some of the pits that so many other musicians do, or i don 't know what it is uh, as you get older as a musician, by the way, happy birthday thank you yeah, happy birthday uh, but as, as you get older, it just seems as musicians get older where does the fire go? You know, how, why does the fire go out? Why were they such an electric songwriter, um, a, in their youth? But, uh, you know, as they, re- uh, reach middle age or, or middle career or anything, and it just becomes bland and, and they start, uh, falling back on, on the blues and, in such yeah. a bad way, you know? Ooh. And it, yeah, right. <laughs> but you haven't, you know, and here you are, you know, we're talking about being creative and, and, and being in, in thematic. Um, and just going for different sounds i mean you were talking about that in our previous interview too about you know just when someone says make it sound different and you're trying to figure out how to do that and everything which you know all that aside you're actually thinking about it and you're actually trying and it's not just falling back you know why and and this is maybe not even an answerable question but why are you able to do that? Why haven't you fallen into into those traps that all of those other musicians
3: have? Well, first of all, thank you very much for saying that and I I hope you're not just being flattering. I mean, that's, you know, what what every you know, what any songwriter I think wants to hear that they're getting that they're getting better. I mean, I feel like I'm getting better sort of based on my own standards of what what better is, which is, you know, I mean, I for me the I really like the craft of songwriting. I try, you know, I, there's certain things about lyric writing that I, uh, I think I've got I've gotten better at, but but you know I mean those are to a, to a certain standard. So like you know maybe other people don't have those standards and wouldn't read it as better necessarily. I mean you know if if you stay interested and if you are connected emotionally to what you're doing, um, you know hopefully things I don't know like hopefully things do get better, but uh, but I think also some of that is like a matter of perception because you know if somebody's somebody's really young and they're writing what feel like heartfelt songs with a certain amount of skill um and an interest it's just more i mean because it's almost like more fascinating because it's so unlikely i mean mm-hmm. you know being really good and, and and insightful and understanding and and having better craftsmanship i mean is something that just comes with age and experience and so when you see, I mean, like somebody like Fiona Apple, who at 17 was writing really unbelievably great great lyrics. Great lyrics in like deep, you know, deeply insightful, mm-hmm. interesting imagery, just so completely mature that it was almost spooky. Right. And so like there is like that thing of like, what is good? going on <laughs> you know like there's a huge mystery to it and it because it doesn't make sense right. um and then this that same song and a 35 year old or a 45 year old might just be like oh this is pretty good
0: yeah right Right. so yeah.
3: i don't know like maybe it's a, a matter of perception I, I i'm not sure
0: hopefully hopefully it's not just that i mean hopefully a song is a, a good song is a good song i hope so like i have I faith so in that you yeah. know that, that a good song is a good song
3: I would like to have faith in that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, there's plenty of bad songs out there. Don't get me wrong. We're not talking about this. Uh, you've written plenty of great songs. Uh, thank you so much, Charmer. Thank you. Uh, I've heard about half of it so far, <laughs> and it's a great record. I'm looking forward to hearing the other half and, uh, and everything that's yet to come.
3: That second half is pretty great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Even better than the first.
3: Can't believe I'm selling myself. <laughs> come on, man. Listen to the second half. You won't be sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, Amy Mann, thank you very much. Thank you. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, and then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, No minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. Amy Mann there from 2012 uh, talking about her album Charmer. Now, it was just like a month or two right before that, uh, Amy was in town, in Louisville, I should say, where I'm based, uh, shooting a movie called Please to Meet Me. She stopped in the FPK studio and brought a couple of her uh, co-stars, uh, the songwriters Joe Henry and Karen Berkowitz from uh, Over the Rhine, uh, one of the coolest moments of my uh, career at that point. Uh, we sat down to talk, uh, discuss, debate, relate, laugh, cuss decide kill some time on a friday morning uh really really was a special special moment so i'm going to include that here as well part three of kyle meredith with amy mann as well as with joe henry and karen Burquist. it's 91 9 radio level kyle meredith and uh, this might be one of the greatest days in my life surrounded <laughs> wow. by amazing musicians <laughs> oh to the left of me to the middle of me to the right uh, let's go to Joe Henry, is in the studio. Amy Mann and Karen Burquist. Do, do I say your name right? Because no, I always look at that. You do. Can you, start off with you, an apology.
2: It's an appropriate English pronouncement, which is fine.
0: <laughs> well, it is awesome to have you guys in here. Thank you so much for for being here today.
3: We're delighted to be here.
2: Uh, Thank
0: you so much. You've all been in Louisville actually for. Um, I don't know what, week, couple weeks? A week, and a yeah, yeah. A week and a
3: half. Yeah, a week and a half. Seems like a month. <laughs> I don't mean it that Things way. Things go
0: really slow here. <laughs> I don't yeah, know, thanks. I don't
3: know. It's it's purely because of the because of the movie. We're doing such yeah. such long hours. Yeah. It, it, it has that you know, it's a yeah. like yeah. tour time where mm-hmm. where a week becomes a month. Mm-hmm. But we're in love with this town. Mm-hmm. That's what I like it's to like, hear. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> this it's a crazy little utopia. I'm just waiting for the, the bubble to be burst. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. No, keep it coming. Keep yeah, it coming. I
3: I, I mean we're we're beyond well, thrilled with with Louisville.
0: What you're talking about uh you're out here shooting a movie actually. This is a, a bit of a, a kind of a bit of a different element. I mean, uh, th- there is history with uh, with movies and TV here, but you're shooting a movie called Please to Meet Me um with Archie Borders directing. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh this is based off a uh, this American Life episode, right? It's uh, it's called Everybody Speaks Elton. Mm-hmm. And that was the original broadcast uh, episode, yeah. Yeah, so so what's the story? Uh, run us give us the give us the uh the uh the the, the, the dummy uh <laughs> okay, uh, you looked at me when you said that. I me the dumbest started talking. Interpretation. Uh,
1: is, uh, well, the sh- I think the shorthand uh, story is that uh, a woman who's a producer uh, enlists the help of her ex-partner, who's a, you know, regional rock star who didn't quite break through, um, and they have this concept together of uh, an experiment where they put a band together of completely disparate characters right. you know people who have uh, no history together personally or musically don't come from similar musical backgrounds take them into the studio for a single day and have to come out with a recorded song so it's just sort of a you know what what can we do with this sure you know in this window of time if we all sort of you know serve the same goal and
0: and it can fail miserably
1: uh <laughs> <laughs> Wildly, <laughs> I was promised uh, by Archie that this would not fail miserably. That <laughs> yes. this was
0: going to make all of us look, yeah. you know. Uh. Well, I did mean the songwriting, but, uh, yeah, but but just the same. So, how did you all get involved then? How how, how did everybody arrive in this? Because Joe Henry, Joe, Joe, Joe Henry. Joe Henry. Joe Henry.
3: He's well, the hub around which yeah. this whole. <laughs>
0: when yeah. Joe says do this, you do it.
2: Yeah, Again, uh, you know, kind you of. can't say no to Joe. Yeah. It's very hard. We've tried. I just tried it about 15 minutes ago, and it was really
0: hard. <laughs> that was Will. you come into the radio station,
1: right? Thanks, Joe. <laughs> well, uh, again, the short version of that story is that uh, my brother David lives in mm-hmm. your lovely city, and he's a writer. And Archie enlisted his help to um, work on the screenplay. And they approached me about, uh, for one, doing some music production for the film, Uh, and at first had asked me if I would take the lead role of the film, which I wouldn't do. I didn't think I could do it. I didn't believe I could be that character. I didn't think I was that character. Um, But I still wanted to be involved, and I thought that the smartest way for me to be involved was to stack the deck with, you know, my friends and loved ones, and then, you know, and then I could, you know, be like a big net that I could jump into. So, um, based on my wife's suggestion i threw out john doe's name mm-hmm. to play the lead and amy as the as his counterpart the the female lead in the film and then once they were in place it was easy to kind of see who else might you know uh take on the other roles and and uh and, and then i could understand how it might might, might be a feasible vehicle
0: yeah. what's well, a it's such a cool concept too and uh, there's something that Archie actually says in the in his Kickstarter video because there was uh, a bit of this movie that was funded by Kickstarter, which is always mm-hmm. great to see people come through and actually believe in a project like that. But he said he didn't want actors playing rockers, but rockers who could act. Mm.
3: Well, you know, none of, the three of us <laughs> didn't, didn't necessarily know if we could act. Right. <laughs> but, there are but two I in, we, our, <laughs> in, our, in
1: our camp who are real actors <laughs> right. and and yes. were beforehand, mm-hmm. and you have none of them in the room this yeah. morning, yeah. Right. I'm sorry yeah. to and say. We're talking about uh, John Doe and
0: Lon yeah. Wainwright. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. You, you have the amateurs, but we I think we all sort of felt, uh, first of all, if somebody asks you to be in a movie, you have to say yes. <laughs> if Joe Henry is in that movie and is part of it, you additionally have to say yes. Mm-hmm. And you know, you we I think we all got sort of shamed into well, wait a minute, you're gonna you're gonna consider saying no just because you're scared yeah. to do it, right?
1: Yeah, it was my right. daughter who said that, actually. Right. She said, you're not, you're not really going to say no to this just because you're afraid, are you? Right. right. Uh, um, called nailed, out. Nailed yeah, to the I'm wall. Kidding. Called out. So I'm really here just as an example to my children. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I have no other uh, well expectations. Well he,
3: he is fantastic. He's fantastic. And as as he will tell you, time after time. He was voted best uh, Thespian of the Year two, two times in a row in high school.
1: 37 so, years ago. And <laughs> I just, I, I parked it right there. I said, I, you know, I don't want this to go bad. I'm well, going to put it in the deep freeze and someday yeah. I'll when need he, to take it out. So. When
3: he yeah. played, uh, 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 you know, when he played Linus and you're a good man, Charlie Brown. <laughs> <he> really,
1: <laughs> well, I, I d- played him as Lee J. Cobb. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sorry. We, we are
0: a little bit. Uh, punch drunk. No, no, no. no. Let's, 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 let's keep that. You're gonna move clean going, this please. all up later. I know you will. Let's keep that move going. But it, I think you all are being modest. Obviously, uh, Joe, you've been around movies uh, you know, for a while. Uh, Amy, yourself, you've uh, even lately dabbled with uh, with Portlandia. She's uh, in
3: the Big Lebowski. You are in the Big Lebowski. The, That's true. I'm in the Big Lebowski for literally two seconds. Two seconds. Yeah. I I do it in a, a different language and the the character is a nihilist which i interpreted to mean need express zero emotion <laughs> yeah, need express no emotion I, I think it's a double negative it's somewhere. amazing how yeah. many
0: references we kept coming back to louisville because this is just a huge yeah. lebowski town on yeah. top mm-hmm. of it you know mm-hmm. uh karen yeah. have you done any acting before this
2: absolutely not and if you i don't think college counts so you know there was some there was a little bit of you know dabbling at the hey day, i was but... counting high school in the
0: yeah well, <laughs>
3: high school you, well i was in perhaps you, perhaps, children, you, by the way. perhaps you might i, I might.
2: <laughs> Might not count mine, but anyway, <laughs> but no, no, nothing in front of the. Well, I okay. did enough I to know so that I was novice. a terrible actor,
3: and I mean, I really, you know, I did enough to go like, man, acting's hard. Yeah. I, ca- I can't, I couldn't imagine how anybody did right. it. And I, I did a little bit of just sort of improv stuff with, you know, with with Fred Armisen and, mm-hmm. and Carrie and mm-hmm. in Portlandia. But like, i you you play yourself. You you don't have to memorize lines and. And honestly, like to play the straight man who just looks bewildered and dumb is not, you know, like that's a it's right. a lot easier. But um, so, what,
0: like music videos, though. I mean, have you ever done concept music videos? You well, know, when, when you know, have to, because sure. don't you have to be a character in that? Isn't uh, the there a level sense of about acting that? is pretty low? Yeah, you, you know, it's, you just,
2: not, it's not. like memorizing lines. Yeah, and, and getting into a character really. That's, yeah, I don't that's think that's pretty pretty
1: like having to uh, embody a character other than your own and 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 yeah. and be authentic. You know, in that role to other people, I think that's really, really different. Yeah. Um, and that, and that was certainly my apprehension: is you know, can I disappear into a character in some way that's you know, uh, in service to Archie's story? Mm-hmm. I wasn't completely sure I could. I mean, I have done enough mm-hmm. acting way back to think I understand, you know, what needs to happen. I just didn't think that I had the had the tools to do it necessarily. Sure. But you know. Um, once John Doe was aboard, he's a, you know, he's a, a really, really old friend and, and a friend of Amy's as well. And um, he's really no nonsense. And he's, he's really candid. And mm-hmm. he and Amy both came to my house uh, in California, when Archie and Dave and uh, a producer and cameraman, Mike uh, Fitzer came out for a reading. And I said, you know, I'm only going to take this role, if John says that I can, because, you know, I'm playing off of him. He's, He's the lead. I'm sort of his sidekick in a way. And I knew that if we did the reading and he didn't think I could actually do it in a credible and, you know, respectful way Mm -hmm. that he would tell me. Mm -hmm. And, um, And here you are. And here I am.
3: Yeah. I gave him plenty of outs. So I'm like, look, if this doesn't sound good, feel free to <laughs> feel tell me. You
0: guys are really selling this. Everything yeah. about this buildup so far is I don't want to do it, don't want to do it, don't want to do it. Don't, oh, fine. <laughs> well,
1: I, you know, I mean, I, I, I did want to do it. I, I was looking for a reason to be able to do it. Yeah. I didn't want to do it. I mean, quite honestly, you know, all of us have invested a lot in in, in some kind of creative public persona Mm. and nobody wants to just you know walk by and set fire to nobody wants to be (laughs) mariah Carey's glitter (laughs) Um, is what this is coming down to so i mean honestly (laughs) if we're just you know for being frank (laughs) i didn't want to do it if i couldn't be good yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. nobody Nobody wants wants to go out there and embarrass themselves and and the and the project and i just needed to be convinced that that i could hold up my end of things and that you know that archie would be as tough as he needed to be uh to get what he needed Mm. and then he wouldn't you know be shy with any of us Mm -hmm. you know i know that he's appreciative that we're here and i didn't want that to override the fact that you know there's a job to do and it can't be about you know are we comfortable right now and is Mm -hmm. is he uncomfortable you know having to say you know i need you to, to do that again and do it different um but i have to say that having um both john and loudon on board you know they're they're real actors and so you're able and, to help each other out.
3: Well, it's sounds, just that john has been very helpful. Sure, I, yeah.
1: But yeah. It, but it's just like being in a you know in a band with somebody who's really good. It pulls everybody up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and you, you if anybody who's in a scene with loud, and even if you're in the room mm-hmm. while a yeah. scene's happening, yeah. you know what he does with, with two words. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's a constant sort of realignment of your thinking mm-hmm. of, of of what's possible, rather than just thinking, you know, I have to somehow overpower. Uh, the script with you know a big concept of who my character is sure. you know he just distills something really quickly and really authentically and every time I watch him do that I'm sort of you know uh, I I get realigned yeah and mm-hmm. um, it's you know it's a big thing and I and Archie's notion of having you know musicians who can act versus actors who can play musicians um, especially in something that says kind of communal you know this is a real sort of ensemble piece in a way even Mm -hmm. though Amy and John's characters are 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 the focal point of the of the story Um, it's really hard for musicians to watch people play musicians who aren't sure really you know there are people (laughs) I could name and I won't who have been in films playing you know great actors playing musicians now that's the (laughs) idea just don't look you know even if in the most subtle way you know, just mm-hmm. burst the bubble for mm-hmm. you, and you mm-hmm. say, "I know that that person has practiced and had a coach, but they are clearly not, you know, a, a, a real musician. They don't play that instrument, right. and it's a, and it's a, and it really deflates the tires." And um, I think Archie's, you know, idea that you know that part of it has to be authentic, or the whole thing will fall down. Mm-hmm. So to try to find people who could stand there and and be true to that element of the story. And yet, still deliver a line when when somebody says
0: "go." Um, well,
1: wasn't you know, it amazing it
0: was how hard it is to act naturally? You when, know what I, I was just
3: talking to Karen about this. The, the thing that I'm finding, I mean, it's so you know, I mean, it's a real indie film. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's you know, a bit guerrilla style, and they're so you know the hours are so long, and there's so little little time. You know, like when, when they're setting up a thing, and and uh, you know, it's not unlimited takes that. You don't really have time to be self-conscious and worry about it. Just like, I, I you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to improv. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know what I'm doing, but <laughs> but here we go. Here we go. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think uh, it's it, weirdly it's it, it's it's been easier. It's mm-hmm. a lot easier than I thought. I mean, you you know, me and Joe were really that first scene that we did. We, we were pretty nervous, but mm-hmm. I think we got over that really fast.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of rehearsal before that. Before no, like no, the, not, no, at no, no, no. not at all, not at all. Because
3: I just finished up a record, so yeah. I've been like, yeah. inv- inv- you know, trying, trying to, trying to get that going. And you know, I mean, everybody else. is well, i on, on. Yeah, I've understand. been on tour. Yeah, you and, 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 That's um, the thing. Everybody
2: has a life, you right. know, that is completely disconnected with acting. <laughs> and mm-hmm. we've got you know, touring and recording mm-hmm. and on schedules and and families, and so we really just had to find a little chunk of time. When we could plow through this thing and make it happen. And
3: we just jumped in with both feet and looked yeah. for the best. It's amazing. Blindfolded. Yeah. And you know, you just Gagged. hope your, your director is like, <laughs> you know, look, the director's going to have to look the camera and tell me how it looks and if it doesn't look good you know i'll do it i'll do it some other way but yeah but you know i mean my thing i, mean, I feel very self-conscious about quote acting and mm-hmm. and i just thought i was just like you know what i don't have time to for that i, I don't i don't care let's go
2: right right and you kind of you just, you have to trust the people behind the camera behind mm-hmm. the lens yeah. because there's no other yeah there's, if they if they, yeah. they say it looks good then let's that's, that's like okay yeah. okay you a big difference though good.
1: i'll say from you know there's a lot of. Uh, uh, Things about making a record and and making a movie that that are, you know, common. Mm -hmm. But there are a couple of key aspects that are really really different. And and the biggest one for me is you know I'm a record producer uh, as well, which is analogous to being a film director. I mean you're you know that's the sort of the same job. I don't know why they call it producing not directing. But Mm -hmm. um, but you do something and people are trusting you, and yet you still you know Mm -hmm. offer a playback and people listen and. Make comments about what they've just done, and everybody needs to be in some kind of agreement that you know this is what we meant to do. Now right. let's move on, as opposed to you know acting in a scene and then you look up and Archie goes, hey, that's great. Let's 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 move on. And it's just like if we were making a record. Mm-hmm. If I was producing Karen or Amy, and and they do a take and say, I'm not going to play it back for you, but trust me,
0: it's good. You're going to like your record mm-hmm. when you hear me. it. Yeah. Right. Um, that
1: mm-hmm. part of it's really different yeah. mm-hmm. because you don't have anything to. To, to reference, except mm-hmm. that, you know, I trust, trust Archie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think at this point I know, you know, when he's just got, you know, that's the best we, we're going to do versus mm-hmm. that's really what I wanted. And I try to read that as best I can and make sure before we move on that, you know, you know, is that, you know, as good as I can do? And is that really as good as you need it to be? Mm-hmm.
0: Um, mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's interesting that, you, you know, you're talking about parallels because you know, some of the other parallels that go along. Uh, the movie is about, uh, in a sense, collaborations, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is something you're all familiar with and everything. But mm-hmm. to have something, <clears throat> excuse me, um, to have something uh, when, you, when you're thrown in. I mean, it's hard enough to make a, an organized band mm-hmm. succeed. Mm-hmm. But to have this mm-hmm. this act, this band, whatever you call it, totally built on chaos, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. you know, in hopes that something's going to happen. I mean, have you ever actually been in the, any of those situations? Well, in, sometimes, in sometimes chaos? Every, yeah.
3: I mean, every Tory <laughs> yes. band is, is kind of like that. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I, mm-hmm. I've been really fascinated recently by by the idea of group dynamics and, and what a weird mystery that is. and mm-hmm. And, you know, you just... You uh, you add in one extra person or substitute one extra person, the whole thing changes. Right. And you really have to in recording, yeah. you know this, Joe, because this is totally your thing. But you have to sense w- where the group needs to go and and allow and allow everybody to go there instead of coming in with a with a you know an edict that that you're trying to force and you know f- this 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 group to go you know to match up with. Um, it's it's fascinating. I mean, and just being part of the movie with all the, the players and the people, mm-hmm. I mean, it's fascinating to see the group dynamics and, uh, you know, amongst, uh, you know, all of the, all of the actors. Mm-hmm. But well, it's also it's important
1: to note that, that what's happening, in you know, in, in real time on the set is, is germane to the narrative because, you know, the actors in, in this case are all musicians, and they are coming from really, really different places, mm-hmm. and they are actually... You know, we're asking them to to really play the music. You know, it's not being created by someone, you know, somewhere else, and then you know we're lip syncing to it or anything. The music that's happening in the movie is actually having to happen uh, in our real little universe here. Mm-hmm. You know, as it does in the story. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had to, you know, try to find a way for us all to play together in some way that is musical. Uh, and it's not just about you know what I would personally like to hear if I was you know, you know playing myself in real life and right. trying to direct, you know, a moment in a studio like this because the song is a character in the story and what it becomes has to, you know, have some kind of integrity that's rooted in the narrative uh, it's not just about what i want to hear sure. it's like does this sound like what these people would sound like when they got there mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm.
0: so, so in a very meta sort of way i mean you guys are living yeah, the really real is. story I and mean, the whole yeah, thing absolutely. is the real story it's You're unfolding it. before
2: yeah. our very
3: eyes yes. they're, they're players with varying degrees of mm-hmm. of st- you know styles and ability and and it is kind of fascinating to see mm-hmm. and you know joe's sort of directing this too as the producer but uh you know What what is its best self that the that the group can be with these weird elements Mm -hmm. and sometimes Mm -hmm. very very strange instrumentation too. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and
1: you know Mm -hmm. I was talking with Karen this morning about a vocal she did uh, on a song the other day about the fact that you know I'm I'm not saying that her performance was too good for for the character, but it's accomplished in a way that that is different than the character perhaps, Mm -hmm. and that's that's just i bring that up to say that's that's sort of what we're wrestling with constantly is you know is that what that character would sound like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know not not what is karen capable of mm-hmm. but you know how can she believably embody you know where that character is you know along the arc of this story mm-hmm. and it's a it's a tricky thing to to cut loose some part of your own sensibility because mm-hmm. we're all trained just mm-hmm. like this is what I mean and this is how I, mm-hmm. what I need to get there versus, well, this is where I would go mm-hmm. if, you know, if I was producing Karen Burke was singing this song, mm-hmm. well, you know, I, I would approach it really, really differently sure. mm-hmm. than, you know, how do I approach the character that she's playing mm-hmm. and how would she, you know, uh, mount a song if she mm-hmm. had to?
2: Mm-hmm. It's really and it's really hard to let go of, you know, years and years of what you have learned works for you, and what you think you should do, and the hours that you've put in, and just sort of set that aside, and approach it as as you know the novice character that you think mm-hmm. how you how you think your character would. It's that's difficult. You yeah, know? I don't
3: envy you that. You know, like to, <laughs> to to set aside any part of of being as great as you are to say like, Aww. what would Rita, the lounge singer, who maybe has not had the experience, and, and maybe doesn't, yeah. To you know, and then to know that maybe you're not going to sound exactly as great <laughs> as you are. I, I don't hmm. uh, I I don't know if I could do that. I paid you to say that. Thank you. <laughs> no, I, I'm just imagining that scene,
0: uh, Joe's saying, Karen. You sound lovely. Could you please turn the suck button up just a little yeah.
3: bit? Could you sing a little more out of tune, and maybe yeah.
0: Well, I brought it up this morning because there's
3: yeah. some
1: there's a yeah. part of Karen's voice that I know really well that I think you know that's something that's completely unique to her, mm-hmm. singular. Voice, Mm -hmm. And I hear it in moments and say, to me, -hmm. that gives away a little bit that, 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 Mm -hmm. you know, you have a finesse. You've developed a finesse that's your own, that Mm -hmm. this character, you know, hasn't had that kind of experience to have gotten there as a Mm -hmm. singular performer. Mm -hmm. But I should also say another thing that is analogous to, you know, in, in filmmaking, apparently, and, you know, in record making is that, you know, the idea that when we're, our actual selves making records that we're keeping it real and now we're here kind of pretending. You know, it's all as phony as shit. I mean, it is. <laughs> I mean, what just happened? Making records.
2: Sleep. Uh, bicycles. Bicycle I drifted it off. A I'm a just going to go ahead and tell everybody. I drifted off and making then records is
1: just as phony as making movies. <laughs> yeah. And I mean that in the best possible way. It oh, is sure. All, yeah. It is because all theater. Who wouldn't
3: take that as yeah. a compliment. You <laughs> know, when yeah. you're sitting in a
1: studio and yeah. somebody says, look, I just want to keep it real. I go, well, mm. you know, mm. leave my house because there's nothing about this that's real yeah. <laughs> you know that $10,000 microphone in front of you is yeah. not you keeping it real yeah. you know that's us trying to create an illusion of mm-hmm. some kind of you know mm-hmm. uh, sonic landscape uh, you know on which the song might actually th- you mm-hmm. know the story of the song is going to take place Right. Mm-hmm. so you know there's a part of what we do day to day as musicians that is about illusion in the same way that making a film is about illusion mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know people don't you know people don't care about the truth people just want to be seduced you know,
0: me, man, when it connects, me uh, mm-hmm. uh, f-
1: uh, first among them. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. I don't care anything about truth as far as like artistic sure. truth. I want to be seduced. But you if I can be seduced by something
3: they... that that has the ring of truth, that doesn't I want to yeah. be just... seduced
1: by something that I believe is true. Yeah, that's a Bob Dylan line wow. he just said about we are, the uh, we are his We're really
3: this is very very meta. But I, I mean, yeah. I agree with you. But I also think, I mean, making a record of stitching together moments of true true the true yes. and real. It's you know I mean What's they're their you know, their degrees the songwriting I mean, it's sort of like the movie Social Network which is is f- virtually fictional but it but there is but there's there's a true thing in it that's not about like what really happened but about you know it, it rings true you know it mm. rings true the dynamics all ring true the story rings true in a way that is more impactful probably than you know that what actually went down.
1: Yeah, maybe I I sounded uh, flip when I said that I didn't mean to, because when I say that we're trying to, uh, you know, that it's that it's staged just as much as any film. I mean, I think sometimes you have to just sort of disappear into an idea, and it's not really about anybody's, you know, true reality. I mean, we're all referencing it. Anybody playing a role in a movie is still using, you know, I mean, your body is your instrument. It's your vehicle. It's it's what you. It's the tool that you have, and yet you're still trying to. You know, create an illusion. Even if you've written a song that is based in, you know, a real moment of your life, there's a certain point when you're writing it, I believe. And, of course, we all have different philosophies about how we get there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there is a real part of it for me as a songwriter that really is about disappearing into it. You know, mm-hmm. I don't write a song to serve myself as an as a artistic persona. Mm-hmm. You know, my deepest desire is to write a song that is persuasive enough that I joe henry could disappear mm. yeah i mean mm. period
0: well now it, it's mm. interesting you put it that way too because uh all three of you have had uh, well extremely great careers and very interesting careers you know mm. all the paths you've taken the control you have mm. all three of you over your own career mm. uh you've tasted uh, little bits of stardom tiny morsels what, what, what do we call it yeah it, at this point, and with Stardust. the control you have, though, is, is that ever... <laughs> because this goes back to the, the, the John Doe character. Deep the John Doe, Doe character is trying to do a comeback. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, it, it, it is that something, you know? Yeah. His character wants to do a comeback. You guys have, you know, whatever it's been, mm-hmm. you've been there. Mm-hmm. Is that a thing? Mm-hmm. Is that when, you, when you're doing this, when you're talking about, you know, writing the song to disappear into, to connect, you know, mm-hmm. someone else is going to take that run away with it. But is it ever to be in that height of things again?
3: What, to, what it was? To, are we are we aspirational to to a to a fame?
2: Yeah, a, it really fame is that thing? kind of
0: question, right? Yeah. I think,
3: uh, I
2: think it's dangerous to set your sights on that. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not copping out. I think for me personally, my sights need to be set on discovery, and mm-hmm. that's why I that's why I write. I write to discover, and and if I just put my head down, and focus on the work, that's that's a good place for me to live. Yeah. If I start, you know putting my head up in the clouds and looking around and wondering what if I lose sight of all the wonderful things that I have within my reach so I'm really not copping out but that's I really do believe that but it's taken me 45 years to get there
3: yeah I think that's the absolutely And, and even even you know even in smaller ways like how you know or or is some you know is somebody going to like this song or you know suppose my friend hears this and thinks it's about you know like any the second you start thinking outside what is in front of you you you, you wander off the path mm-hmm. and you know yes for me i can't i can't think about this i don't even know mm-hmm. what fame means anymore and in, in terms I, of what well, you know like as indie musicians what we're doing i mean right. you know do you really want to be on the you know the M- MTV music awards i mean no. my god like I know. To, <laughs> I know like to have to worry about it'd that it would be great
0: if all three of you were on Honestly, the MTV <laughs>
3: <show>. <laughs> i can't think of a better a bigger nightmare at this point like you know that, that like it's, i'm well, you know, it's like just, I, <laughs> i'm just happy like there's you know there's always like the next thing to do like what's mm-hmm. the next thing to do to yeah. make a record to write a song yeah. somebody calls you and says do you want to be in a movie? I mean, you just say yes. You say yes to stuff, and there's always going to be things to say yes to. Well, I, you know, God willing.
1: Well, when you get asked to do something that's, I mean, aside from just getting up in the morning and just trying to write whatever song might, you know, offer itself, you know, uh, in your path, you know, anytime I've been called to work on, a like, a song for a movie or produce something for a film even if you do it and it doesn't get used mm-hmm. you know you still do something you would have never done otherwise mm-hmm. and which is what's great about any kind of um you know collaboration you're asked to co-write with somebody or, or be in a movie like this you know you're being invited to engage in a way that you wouldn't have on your own mm-hmm. and and none of that's wasted but as far as your 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 question about uh you know fame and popularity and and, and such i mean there's a real part of that that um I mean, look, we're, we, we've all been asked, if you're doing this professionally, to, to, to learn to value what you're doing by how many people are paying to hear it and how mm-hmm. many people are showing up. And I'm just going to tell you that, you know, I've been seduced by that and demoralized by it as much as anybody. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to tell you also that, you know, that's death to an artist. Mm-hmm. That notion mm-hmm. that, you know, what I'm doing has value mm-hmm. uh, only in as much as people – immediately respond to it, mm-hmm. you know, you're finished.
2: Mm-hmm. If I
1: find myself writing a song and thinking about how mm-hmm. anybody's going to react to it, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's an imagined audience or my wife or my manager or my son or my brother, um, I'm done for the day. Mm-hmm. You know, you're finished. If you are already imagining how this is going to be received, because yeah. it's just become a uh, vanity at that point and you're and I mean, already
3: in in the results which mm-hmm. you have no control over no. so you're already real you know worrying and putting your energy into the part that right. you have zero control right. over instead of the part you have control over right. which is finishing your song we do not sit on the results committee yeah nobody does
1: yeah. and might I say that that's really a great thing about the big crash of the record industry if I may that especially for people you know more like us than if you were sitting here talking to sting though why would you be talking to sting you know what to say. I mean, I <laughs> mean is that, <laughs> is that you know there was a moment you know in the in the past when you know uh, so-called AAA radio was supposed to be offering you know a, a slightly you know uh, unguarded door hmm. left. Partially ajar for people like us, you know. Only one of us, though. Not all three of us would be allowed to walk through, no, you know, cause there's only so much room oh, in the lifeboat. Yeah. But That's you know, right. the idea that, <laughs> that, the rest of you. that that we all had to, we were all asked at some point to say, you know, hey, I love your record, but there's, is there anything we can go to radio with? And at the point when it became as as obvious to the rest of the industry as it was always obvious to me that I didn't really have a relationship to radio stations like yours notwithstanding, because Thank you. you guys have been mm. tremendously supportive. Yeah. And I would say that even if I wasn't sitting here in your in your town. But I'm saying as a rule, you know, as soon as we didn't even have to pretend that that uh, a radio station was going to you know, play a song of mine, I'd just speak for myself. And then if I gave it to them and it was a little bit faster and a little less sad-ass, and, and if it was three <laughs> minutes long instead of nine minutes long, that they would actually play my records. Once I was able to stop mm. uh, or I was... Uh, uh, Aware that people were not going to ask me to pretend that was true, mm-hmm. then I was completely liberated. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you know, great. Mm-hmm. You know, that never really existed for me anyway. Mm-hmm. So let's mm-hmm. stop pretending like it does. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now yeah, I can yeah. go
1: do my work. Mm-hmm. And and as soon as that you know one extra voice disappears from your head, mm-hmm. you know, you know that's some real clutter that's gone mm-hmm. yeah, because that rigorous. is not a, up a that voice is not voice. is not your friend when you're trying to create something.
2: We no, put it in a mason jar and screw like. the lid on and put it on the shelf. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, leave absolutely. It
3: there. And and it is amazing. How in, infectious that can be, even if you you know, even if you don't care about it or try try to avoid it. Mm-hmm. I mean, just and I, and I was a little surprised because I went through. We talked about this before, but I went through a a thing l- last year where I had someone close to me saying, like, you know, I really hope your next record's going to be really different uh, than your other records. And <laughs> and uh, you know, I mean, I thought I was a person who was like, you know, I can shine on the opinions and the thoughts and. You know desires of other 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 people in you know in my work, but you know I mean I, I mean of course you, you're writing a song you're like oh I'm really liking the song I, I wonder if it's different is it different mm-hmm. well, well it feels I think it's different but is it. Is it different enough? What 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 does different even mean? There's a lot of directions you can go in different. Yeah. Okay, does that mean like more sort of weird and indie? Or oh, well, maybe different means and, and you just drive yourself crazy. Yeah, you know, as a oh, person who's very yeah. close to me and whose opinion I've, I valued yeah. and sure, you know, and I, I I mean I could not believe that I was having these thoughts and it was it was, was, was really hard to get to oh. get out of that because. Uh, you know, suddenly you're looking at yourself through somebody else's eyes. Mm-hmm. Right. And then once you do that, oh, my God, That's it's just impossible. Yeah, That's
2: yeah. impossible. Was yeah. this person from the Midwest, by chance? Because <laughs> when, when we say different back here, yeah. Kyle, you know what it means. Yeah. It means we don't understand, we don't understand that. that. We
1: don't
3: understand that. No, they w- different. They, 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 they mm-hmm. thought, you know, their opinion <laughs> is that, that they, they shot, thought I should go into, in some other different, in a different direction. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't know what, you know. Well, what I, does that even I, mean? I, I, I was intending that this record would, would sound different than the, than, you know, than the last one, but yeah, you know, uh, w- what does that mean? It sounds different to me, but maybe not to you. You know, I mean, you just uh, oh, like different. Uh, maybe this is different in a bad way. Yeah. sure. The, okay, yeah, it's crazy. You can maker. see. Okay, I've oh, yeah, also, So I've also had too much coffee at this point.
1: <laughs> no, well, but you know, I, you know I I completely hear you because yeah. uh, you know, as yeah. soon as you're thinking about you yeah. know what else it should be, then yeah. than, than what you would normally. You know, you know, than where you would go creatively on your own. You know, you, you know, listening to your own voice yeah. and 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 following it. You know, yeah. you're not you're not in that same creative mode anymore. Yeah. You know, you're trying to adopt somebody else's on your behalf. Yeah, you're you trying to think of somebody it. else's brain. But I think the real, you know, one of the real beauties of of being able to last long enough. You know, I, I had this talk with Michelle Cello a few times, where we were both we were talking about Duke Ellington and the fact that. Um, some of my favorite music that he, that he wrote um, was towards the end of his life, and you think you know, in our racket and it's harder all the time. You know, how do you sort of trick people into continuing to patronize you long enough to where you might actually get good at what you do?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm yes. I'm 51 mm-hmm. and
1: I've been I've made a dozen mm-hmm. records of my own and I've I've worked on lots of other records and I think I'm only now just getting to the point where I think I know mm-hmm. what good might look like for me. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and and. Mm-hmm. And there's a part of it we just say, you know, I'm 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 old enough. I don't have to be all things to all people. Mm-mm. You know, you want to hear something, right. you know, uh more up tempo. Go put Preach something it. else on. There's yeah. a lot of Preach things. It. But I there was agree. a point when people yeah. would say I love your record, we need another upbeat song. Yeah. And but I just let think, them
2: write it. Then. That just doesn't <laughs> <That's right. laughs>
1: you know, I've, I've just I've liberated myself from that concern. Right. Yeah. You know, I yeah. just think you know, I don't care if the whole record's slow and in the key of D. If you know, is it engaging to me? Do yeah. I keep wanting to go back? Does it tell the story? Is it the movie I wanted it to be? You mm-hmm. know, as a you know, as a full statement. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think it's really hard to get there unless you've been doing it long enough where you realize that all those kind of opinions like mm-hmm. Amy just described are completely beside the point mm-hmm. it's really hard to hear that truth you know mm-hmm. when you're younger and you're surrounded by people that you that you depend on and you know, like only by the grace of this label or this publisher am i allowed to work yeah. but you know in equal measure to the crash of the industry uh, you know as we knew it um which mm-hmm. which i'm happy about it, it was a lot it, it needed to happen mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time it's being met by mm-hmm. a shift in technology that allows you know people to do all kind of work, you know, sitting in their apartment, sitting in their basement, you know, sure. wherever, um, who are not beholden to a record label to say, we are now going to give you a small amount of money to allow you to go do what you do. You know, you don't ha- have to ask anybody's permission to go, you know, do what you do. And I love the idea of, of more and more artists being able to create something and then go to a label as an example and say, not here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I have done. Do you want to be involved? Right. And you're not offering them, uh, right. a, uh, you know, a master pass key, you know, into your work. It's like, yeah, we want to do it, but we want to hook you up with this producer. Though, you guys turn your headsets off for a second. <laughs> um, everybody needs a producer. You can't just go around by yourself making records in your basement without somebody guiding you. But anyway, for the young people out there who might made be, himself irrelevant. relevant. <laughs> it's, uh, it's really important that you know people are able to work. You know, without mm-hmm. having to ask anybody's permission to mm-hmm. do it, mm-hmm. and that's been the the big shift that people don't talk about mm-hmm. when they talk about the great crash. Mm-hmm. You know, because what that really means, the great crash, is that people are you know, hopefully not allowed to just live, you know, off of this crazy excess that that just digs a bigger hole for everybody. Mm-hmm. And then what would look like a success, you know, in a reasonable world looks like failure. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's mm-hmm. something T. Bon Burnett told me right. a long time ago. You know, Joe, yeah. you let people spend money on your behalf like this, even though when you're young, you think that means it's it's indicative of how much they believe in you. But they're just digging a hole that you may never climb out of. Mm-hmm. They're just trying to keep you their know? own jobs. A new band mm-hmm. that sells 100,000 records. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. everybody ought to be popping champagne corks.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: But if the label has spent,
2: mm-hmm. you know,
1: $3 million to make and market that record, yeah. you know, at the bottom of the, of the printout sheet, you know, you just look like a disaster, yeah. and you're and you're finished as far mm-hmm. as that label's concerned. We've all yeah. seen it happen to people oh, yeah. that we know and love, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. whose work didn't diminish, mm-hmm. but the perception of the work diminished because yeah. you know mm-hmm. the 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 false stakes of the game were um, how they decided to uh, determine success and failure. Yeah.
0: Mm. Well, I'm, glad I'm sorry you all to go about, on and on. You know you're fine. I'm, I'm <laughs> glad you all have stuck it out the way you did. I'm extremely thankful for all the music you've done, and more importantly, the way you've done it, uh, because it really is noticeable out of here.
3: Thank you. Uh, Thanks for coming so, in. Thank
0: you. Uh, the movie, uh, pleased to meet me. Uh, you're working on it. There's obviously, I'm guessing, no release date or anything like that, but we're going to keep mm-hmm. our uh,
1: yeah, no
0: uh, ear to the ground on all of that, and I'm expecting a heck of a soundtrack, too. So.
1: Well, that's that's being talked about as well. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I think that's part of Archie's master plan mm-hmm. is that um, Karen and Amy and I and John and Loudon will somehow um, do something uh, once the movie is wrapped mm-hmm. that that will be a companion piece, but hopefully also, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, exist on its own as a as a as a musical mm-hmm. work of integrity of some sort. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Well, thank you all so much. <laughs> the thank, you. Thank, thank you. For thanks now.
2: to the station for having us.
0: We're good, Brett. Cool. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Next time we'll so all do this again, cool. and we'll so just talk on about other people's mic? music. That's was why that why just was going on and on? No. Was that babbling on? Because of yeah, that, I right know. there.
3: Every day. Yeah, Come
0: on. Yeah, You're I'm the... really jealous of that.
2: Yeah, you should be. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
3: like times where Karen and I would look at each other and go, "Go."
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, I know, thumbs up. I know. I'm hopped up, too.
0: No, I'm glad you said everything you said. I mean, Joe,
2: come on. <laughs> nice. This isn't
0: a magazine interview, and, you know, it's not a uh,
2: yeah.
0: a rock station interview right. or anything like that. So
2: No, it's great. What you said is spot on. We'll run it spot form. So. Spot on.
0: I might edit out one word, but... Yeah, uh, sure, <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> to apologize.
2: One just fucking right. word. I did uh, a... <laughs> <I got you. laughs>
0: My thanks again to Amy Mann. The new album is called Queens of the Summer Hotel. And thanks to you uh, for checking out this episode. Please do hit that subscribe button. Again, I put out three brand new interviews every single week. So it's a great way to keep up with all of your favorite artists such as Amy Mann. Uh, And then after that, uh, after you subscribe at all the usual places like iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions. uh, Anywhere you get your podcast from after you subscribe. Head over to WFPK.org, where I do a show, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews. That's Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the uh, social media spots. Uh, That's uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all three of them, at Kyle Meredith. And that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network.
3: I also get like a very uh, irritating latency sound. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker. Live
0: stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media.